going on out there, everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening on this Friday. And if you're in the north, upper northeast, you're looking outside today on this Friday and saying to yourself, is that the sun I see? Is it a lot warmer today? Wait a minute, I could actually not have to warm up my car or wear a winter jacket and be, ooh, let me go find out where my shorts, let me find out where them summer clothes are. It's about that time of year, everybody, and I can't complain. It's starting to feel good. Um, welcome to the latest installment of the Mail Cave Huddle. I'm your host, Greg. In today's show, I'd like to talk about um, a correction I'd like to make on the amount of money that Green Bay Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers is making, a decision that his wide receiver made, um, another quarterback that might want or might want out or might want to stay with his team, and the college tournament for college basketball is underway but hasn't lost its appeal. So those are a couple of things I want to get into. So let's first start off with Alex. I said Alex. Aaron Rodgers. Um, initially, I have reported that he signed a four-year deal for a hundred for two hundred million, and I, I believe it was like one fifty-one guaranteed over that four-year period. So now there's been a correction. It's actually Aaron making a hundred and fifty million guaranteed over the next three years. A hundred and fifty guaranteed over the next three years. Yeah, I let that set in for a little bit because that's NBA money. That is NBA money right there. Whew. Now, um, a shocker that came out. Uh, but let's stick with Aaron uh, Rodgers for a second. With his deal, um, this is this is my thought process onto him signing the deal. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of salary cap. And did he... Is the Packer plan to rebuild and hopefully be ready in three years and still be relevant? Because maybe Aaron will be pacified because he's making so much damn money. And will they do the, hey, look, we'll build the team. And then when Aaron Rodgers in three years, if he's not that guy, maybe we find ourselves not Aaron Rodgers, but somebody that is capable and do what the Steelers and Seattle did when they got Russell Wilson. Have a great team and a quarterback that just don't F it up while you're playing. Because um, one thing that you have to consider now is um, Devontae Adams. Multiple Pro Bowl, multiple All-Pro receiver for Green Bay. He's rejected the offer by the Packers. They tried to um, meet what he wanted to give. He did not want to play on the one-year franchise tag. So what happened? He got traded. Where did he get traded to? He got traded to the Raiders. Hold on for a moment, y'all. I'm like doing some technical stuff right here. Hold on, I'm doing technical stuff. Okay, we're back to normal now. Now, um... He got traded to the Raiders. What did the Raiders get in this deal? Well, they got um, Devontae Adams, and that's it. But that one piece is a pretty big damn piece. What did the Packers get? They got a 2022 first-round pick. They got a 2022 second-round pick. And as part of the uh, the trade, Adams is going to sign a five-year, $141 million contract. Now, I don't know how much of that money is guaranteed, but I'm sure it's a hell of a lot. 
Because if you sign in $141 million, I, I hope more than 40 of it is guaranteed. But still, that is uh, the money that Devontae wanted. He's worth it. He's an all-pro receiver. He's the type of guy that um, has done a lot. Himself and Aaron Rodgers, I think they were up there in terms of they either tied the all-time record or they were in the top four or five of wide receiver quarterback duos to consecutively make the all-pro team. I think it was something like uh, Reggie Wayne and um, Peyton Manning. I believe it was Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Steve Young. And now, you know, obviously it's Aaron Rodgers and um, Devontae Adams. With um, I got to check about Brady because I don't know if it was Brady and Gronk, but I got to check to just verify that. But, yeah, they were up there. They were, they were two of the best, you know. But to see uh, the deal that Aaron Rodgers signed, it just makes me wonder if he knew and the reports are coming out that he knew that Devontae Adams was not coming back. So maybe that's why he said, you know what? I'm not going to another team, but if you guys aren't going to be ready to win me a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, y'all going to pay me like I won a Super Bowl. And that's pretty much what he's doing. And who knows where he's going to be at in three years, you know? That's three more years of wear and tear, hits, tackles, so on and so forth. He may not be that dude in the upcoming in three, four years. We'll see. But the point is, is that the Packers now um, are going to have two first round picks, two, a couple second round picks, and we'll take it from there to see really where they're going to go and how great they they could be. Now, um, when I look at when 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 I look at um, the 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 Raiders, they're really getting a, a top flight receiver to go with their quarterback. And the Raiders look like they're making moves to really become a serious franchise. Now, on sticking to football, Baker Mayfield. I want to talk about him for a minute. Now, Deshaun Watson, I mentioned him. He got his, uh, he was dealing with some legal issues. And out of now that those legal issues are done, he's free to go to wherever team he wants to play. Now, it looking like he's going to get a six-game suspension. When he goes to wherever, whatever team acquires his services. So he met. There was no deal in place. There was no nothing. I just think the Browns on the low said, Baker, we're putting you on notice that we want you to play a lot better, homeboy. And they took a meeting with Deshaun Watson. And nothing came about from the meeting. Deshaun Watson said that the Browns are not in the running to acquire services. But uh, as the meeting was taking up place, Baker Mayfield put out a letter saying thank you to the Cleveland fans. And then the day after the meeting, he requested a trade. And the Browns, they clapped back and said, we're not trading you. And I believe that if if you request a trade and the team says, we're not trading you, um, somebody got some hurt feelings because they bring in somebody else that is playing your position. And for me right now, is Baker Mayfield a good quarterback? He's a solid NFL quarterback, but I don't know if he has the cachet. He has the resume. He has the equity in his talent pool to dictate him wanting to be traded. Now, if he were on the trade market, would team want his services? Yes, because if you have no quarterback 
having a quarterback is better than no quarterback. Talk to the Indianapolis Colts. They traded their starting quarterback, and they don't have a quarterback now, but they figure having none is better than what they had, and they're going to probably find a way to get their QB. Look at the Steelers. They got their QB and money-making Mitchell Trubisky, right? The Broncos got themselves a QB, and you know, let's talk about that for a second. You talk about the, 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 the difference between a receiver and a quarterback. You got a quarterback that was traded to the Denver Broncos and with draft picks and players, it was eight players that the Broncos received. I'm sorry, that Seattle received in it, via traded players and draft picks just for Russell Wilson. And you got one of the best receivers in the game in a passing era that we're in right now, and it was just two draft picks. Granted, two really expensive draft picks, but still. You see the, the, the difference between this is a quarterback's league by far. So do I think Baker will be traded? When a player says he wants to be traded and he doesn't want to be on the team, it provides so much of a distraction where players in the locker room, whenever he makes a mistake, is he really here? Has he checked out? Is he trying to win? Does he care for the team? Is he being a team player? And then he gets asked about that throughout the season. Teammates get asked about that throughout the season. It becomes a bigger distraction than it needs to be. I don't think that Baker Mayfield has the cachet to sit there and say, trade me. But due to the political hit within the lot, cultural-wise, as well as through the media, I do think he will be moved. And in saying that, where will he be moved? There are teams that could probably use a quarterback of his skill set. He was a former number one overall pick in the draft. And I don't want to make it seem like he's not talented. It's just I feel he hasn't lived up up to his fullest potential as of yet. So we'll see, but keep that in mind. The Deshaun watch, it looks like now the reports are saying that it's down to Atlanta and New Orleans. The Panthers came out and said, look, we want you, Deshaun, but Deshaun was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. There were a whole bunch of other teams that were in the mix, but Atlanta is where uh, Deshaun is from. So he probably wants to play for his hometown team. The Houston Texans would probably like that because they could get Matt Ryan back in some type of trade deal where you get maybe Matt Ryan and draft picks for Deshaun Watson. Um, As far as the Saints, it's a better overall team with a better receiving core if they get Michael Thomas back. But you don't have Sean Payton, so you just wonder where you're going to go with the coaching staff. And is that coaching staff going to be at the same caliber as when they had Sean Payton but this is just me talking uh on the low trade I could definitely see happen straight up what if they traded Deshaun Watson to Arizona for Kyler Murray Kyler Murray's from the state of Texas going to play for Houston um at one point he's deleted all his social media posts regarding the Cardinals. That was his way of saying, I want, I don't want to be here. Y'all need to pay me. That was weird saying that after that playoff performance that he had. But hey, we're in a new era of where players just say what they want to say and I can't be mad at anybody wanting to get their money. Now, if you look at Deshaun Watson, he might be suspended for the first six games, but now he's reunited with D-Hop. You have a, a, a team that had... uh a good running back with Jonathan Connor. You have D-Hop. You have Green. 
You have Zach Ertz at your tight end. You have a solid defense. And you add Deshaun Watson, an experienced quarterback. Now you could be making, you, you, you're cooking with, with, with uh, some gas right there. But like I said, the, the Watson watch is still on. Now, um, I wanted to talk about the NCAA tournament. As we all know, there's uh, really, you know, 64 teams as the official tournament starts. There's, you know, a couple of playing games for a couple of seeds. But in this tournament, we have four number one seeds, obviously. You know, uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Arizona, and Kansas. So, for me, I wonder if the NCAA tournament over all these years has just lost some of its luster. Because before, the NCAA tournament was a thing. People would take off from work. People would go to Vegas just to gamble. It was like so much excitement. So many teams. They were stars. They were star teams. But now it's like you're looking at these teams and you're like, you don't know. By the time the tournament starts is when you begin to know who some of these players are with all the player movement in terms of players being one and done. So you're like, I don't even know who's on the roster. So you don't even know half the teams. You don't know half the players. And yes, not in the past, you were always not knowing every player on every team. But you had a good idea who the top 10 teams were. And you had a good idea of what teams were in the, in the conversation of they could win the tournament. And then there were always those teams that were maybe an eight seed that you knew that was worthy of winning the national championship. But you, those were the times where you had like, Teams that stayed star teams on big college programs where you had players that stayed three, four years. And those were the good old days. But even the past couple of years, it just feels like it's just dwindling. I don't know if it's me, but it just feels like that excitement that the tournament's here. To me, it's like when it hits Sweet 16 is when it gets real because now you trend away all the fat. And if there's a Cinderella, now you want to see how far can Cinderella go. And if your team, if they're still alive, can they win? I don't know. That's just me. But this, the tournament is still exciting. The Final Four, Elite Eight, those are still some good games. It's just, I wonder if it's lost its luster, you know? Anyway. So um, those are just some of the thoughts that I had. I really wanted to talk about that Devontae Adams deal. It's huge because I think, I mean, for real, I, I, there's no other receiver you can, you need a couple receivers to replace the production. So I, I, that, that, that's, that's pretty big. That weakens um, Green Bay, and I believe it strengthens the Raiders. So as I have um, with all of my uh, coach, oh, one last thing I wanted to talk about real quick. So I've read the 48 Laws of Power. I read it when I was younger. I just wanted to reread it now, just as a refresher, you know, just to like say, hey, am I following all these principles? 48 Laws of Power if is a book where it literally has the law, the definition of the law, and it has a transgression of the law where people didn't follow the rule and you see the misstep that they took. And then the observance of the law where people actually observed and follow the principle of the law. And then it's the keys to power where they tell you these are the keys that you have to pay attention to when we're talking about the law. And they talk about not like current situations, but maybe more so in the days of like kings and queens and 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 when you had the king of England losing his power because he didn't follow one of the laws of, of, of power. And it's it's you have to use it in context when you apply it to your own life but it's almost like an instructional manual 
of the do's and don'ts, not for you to become successful in the business field, but I also feel personally as well, because when you know what not to do, it kind of prevents you from getting into a whole bunch of pitfalls and it just gives you life lessons and examples. Cause sometimes, you know, when somebody tells you to do something, you want to know the why. And a lot of times people either get insulted and don't want to answer you because they either don't know why, or it's like you're challenging their authority. But this book details that thoroughly. And I loved it. And I loved it then. And I love it more now. 48 Laws of Power. So that's the last book I read. The next book, when I get on that, I'm going to let you all know. And then we'll be chatting about it um, throughout the episodes. So um, your positive quote goes as this. The you that would like to hang on to and become attached to your success and your world is not really you. It is the troublesome ego of yours. You're not what you have and what you do. You're an infinite divine being disguised as a successful person who has accumulated certain amount of stuff. The stuff is not you. This is why you must avoid being attached to it anyway. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye-bye now.